citizens of the verse, we are back at it again with another episode of Readcast. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky. Readcast, for those who are new listeners, is a Stark Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. As always, I am joined by my fellow co-host, Chekhov. Say hi, Chekhov. Hello, everyone. So we've got a packed show for you tonight. So suit up, meet me at Hangar 20, and let's start the show. Uh, Tonight we have a special guest, um, VMZO, who's a fellow Reed member. Uh, Tell us about yourself, VMZO, and what's your favorite thing to do in game? Hey, way too geeky. Check off everyone listening in. How are you? I am VMZO. I am a man, someone who loves space games. So I've played space games since I can be a little kid. Back in the day, uh, if you remember some of the old stuff, I remember Trade Wars on the BBSs, going back to uh, Starflight, some of those old school games. Star Citizen, I think, is one of those special games that uh, really captures that experience of the exploration of the stars. And uh, even though it's got a long ways to go, I think uh, I love just walking the game, just flying the ships, looking over the details, walking the corridors of stations, exploring the moons of planets. I'm just in love with the universe so i think that speaks to the artist side of me um i was going to say you yeah you've been you've been posting a lot of pictures on reddit (laughs) as well as for the ship showdown and start you know uh robert space industries has been showing a lot of them and i have been ripping the game apart finding (laughs) files and textures and little bits here and there for my own work so um, the game has become my muse. It has become my, kind of my fascination. So half the time when I play, I'm just wandering around, looking at the way they've they've set things up, how the way things are designed, um, watching YouTube channels. There's a lot of great YouTubers out there explaining the architecture of the ships, how they function, how they look, the aesthetics. So awesome. just soak it all in. Well, it's great to have you here. Um so, what have you been up to this past week in the verse? Why don't you start, VMZO? What have we been up to? We uh, had an org event, I believe, last weekend. We took some people out. We climbed a mountain. Some of us fell through a bug in the mountain. A hole. I don't exactly know what that was. I just woke up later on the station. Are you referencing... Um, was We've had a couple events in the past few weeks because there was a spontaneous event this past weekend where I'm like... Oh, I didn't even know this was happening um, with a worth. And I might have and mixed it up. We had it up. Was it a week ago, two weeks ago? It was a scheduled event. We had a fairly yeah. large turnout for that. We were trying to scale some mountains on New Babbage. Oh, good. You were there. So yes, you, you went through there. a couple different crash landings? Um, Yes, actually. So I think I was part of the Buckler team pulling up the uh, defense there on some ground vehicles just making sure their team on foot was okay and then something happened and that game we literally fell through the, the planet yikes um well it sounded like a successful event either way we had fun i had fun check up did you have fun i actually oh you did join I, eventually i joined at the tail end of it and, uh, well you didn't say that last week check off yeah they were all the dispersed so yeah it wasn't you know just literally for less than 15 minutes check off late to the party again <laughs> yeah yeah i was but uh let me tell you the yeah earth was uh yeah there was sort of a i think there was a filming 
event that was also last weekend, I think. Yeah, some sort of mining, group mining event, if I recall. I, I wasn't able to join. I was, I was back home. Uh, couldn't really access the game in any meaningful way. So I just sat there and saw everyone was enjoying themselves. But it seemed awesome. What about you, Chekhov? Anything else that you've been doing the past week or so? Um, no, same. Uh, I don't think anything exciting. Uh, did the kid caught up with some news, uh, some, you know, Nubafire videos. They were great. Uh, awesome. Uh, That's great. You should be. You should be prepared for this episode then. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So why don't we talk about what's been going on in the verse? Um, I haven't really done much since our last episode, so I don't have much to talk about myself. So, um, you know, we are in the semifinals of the ship showdown. Um, so, so far the survivors have been the Carrick. Um, which beat out the eclipse just yesterday, or to I the guess surprise noon no today. One. Yeah, no, not shocked at all. Uh, and then we have, for other semifinals, uh, we actually have the Cuddy Black versus the Valkyrie. And it looks like the Valkyrie is ahead, but it's a closer race than most. Um, what are you guys banking on? Who, who do you want to win? The MXEO. What do you think? I'm going to go with the Valkyrie, and uh, I'm going to fall back to my aesthetics. The Valkyrie has a look of that classic dropship, something you'd see out of like a Aliens yeah. franchise film. Um, love the design of it, and that's not to say the Cuddy isn't a great ship. Cuddy, for all intents and purposes, is a baby Valkyrie. They might even come from the same mother. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the Valkyrie, I think, is a bit more... She's a bit more beautiful. She's a bit bigger. Uh, can do a little bit more. So, end of the day, all things being equal, I'd be, uh, I'd go with the Valkyrie. And she has a shoilet. Mm-hmm. Very important. W- which the Cuddy used to have, but does not have now. What about you, Chekhov? What do you think? Yeah, well, I would agree with that. But if you take into account, I guess it's all about the aesthetics. But if you look at the economics obviously the cutty would be the best for the buck but yeah from the aesthetic standpoint but are you talking about in-game economics or when you pay for the ship in-game okay so i mean what what i was surprised at first of all the 890 jump lost to the valkyrie which was in round two but also last week i said 890 jump was new this year and i was wrong I looked back, and last year the 890 jump was in the running. However, it lost in round one. Do you know what ship check off? No, no, because I was not in the game yet. I know. I was asking for pure speculation. Uh, uh, it was the Dragonfly. The 890 really? oh, jump lost okay. to the Dragonfly, the because biggest Dragonfly ship. Dragonfly was brand new, right? No, the Dragonfly had been around much longer than the 890. I just think the Dragonfly is really popular. It's a Drake ship. It's fun to fly around in. But I don't think it's fair, last year at least. It's affordable. One wasn't a ship, if you really think about it. It's sort of a snub. It's not really even a snub. One was a big, massive spaceship. 
So, I mean, at least this year, 890 did better, but it didn't fare well against uh, the Valkyrie. Um, and as of yesterday, the Eclipse lost to the Carrick. I was, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all math as to who goes against who, and the Eclipse was in the top four, at least. So it'll be interesting to see the skins that come out of that. And I'm going to be honest, the 890 Jump, it's a gorgeous ship. It's very majestic. In the game, though, right now, there's very little use for it. Yeah, It's, it's a show-off ship. You, you, you spawn it, you get your friends on board, you run around. That's it. You can't land, you can't refuel, can't actually yeah. do anything with it currently. Yeah. What was interesting is I was seeing a lot on Reddit about the 890, and a lot of people were saying the same thing, but they were saying it as if it was the 890 in general versus where it is today. And it's interesting from the standpoint of, I think they're sort of using the whole, if you're taking out a capital ship, it's going to cost you money scenario that, that you know CIG has been talking about. However, with 890, I do think it will be a moneymaker. I just think it's just going to be a different type of gameplay. It's not necessarily the average person's gameplay. You know what I'd like to see with the 890 in terms of gameplay? Yes, we'd love and to I'm know. going to borrow a bit. I don't know if any of you have ever played Elite Dangerous. One of the mission types in Elite is passenger transport, where you can pick up passengers at one station and Mm -hmm. take them on a trip to another station and go see the galaxy, whatnot. Mm -hmm. The 890, Star Citizen actually in general, would benefit from that. Being able to pick up NPC passengers from a station, from a planet side, they want to go somewhere else. Some of those passengers might want a cut rate, you know, literally whatever they can pay to get into, but you're going to have some passengers who want to pay top dollar. If you could have an 890 jump, that's the way to take them. Yeah. Mm. 100%. Yeah. And also, speaking of skins, Kiki, how exactly does that work? Because I'm really confused. So, so the so, ship that wins, they're going to make a skin and then you can buy no. it? No. So if we're, if we're going by what happened last year, so that's our pure speculation no matter what. Last year, the top four got a special skin. So you'll see those in game this year. Hammerhead, uh, Caterpillar, who won. Uh, the Cuddy Black, and what was the last one? I think it was uh, Reclaimer. Yes, the Reclaimer. It's this white and purple skin. So those are the top four. The winner, everybody gets a statue, like a you know, like a model for their ship hangar or whatever, of the winning ship. So if they do the same thing. You know, we'll see Cuddy Black, Valkyrie, uh, the Carrick, and the Eclipse get special skins. Okay. And then the winner, which will be the Carrick, let's face it, in my mind, then we'll get a model of that. That's if they do the same thing this year. Um, and I would imagine last year it was the same color as the IAE. Um we don't know what the color scheme is going to be for this year. They, they don't repeat it. They haven't repeated it yet. So we'll see what that actually looks like. Um, but yeah, so we'll find out tomorrow. Well, not the start tomorrow will be the final showdown. And we'll find out finally by, you know, Thursday noon, who wins the whole thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also when the free fly ends. So the 23rd tomorrow is the last day for the free fly. So fly out your wildest dreams now before it's too late. Now, way too geeky and check off. Assuming the Carrick wins, and it probably will, let's be honest. What would you like to actually see? What would be a good skin or paint job in your uh, book? Because last year, I know a lot of people looked at that uh, best of show paint job and weren't too jazzed about it. That's easy. Read, read paint. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's my job, Chekhov. <laughs> but the Carrick already sort of has the read colors, maybe not as much white as we actually use. Um, I would say instead of white and another color, two different colors, like a green and blue would be awesome. That'd be really cool. Um, Something patterned. Or something pattern, yeah. Um, yeah. Any anything that's just not like super basic. Um, who knows though? We'll, and we'll see that in the um, Intergalactic Aerospace Expo, Hopefully which so. is until the end of November. So they have some time to actually create the skin if they're going to do the same thing. Um, and then hopefully we'll see Jax again this year. Uh, are you familiar with that content, uh, Chekhov? Um, no. As the newbie. Jax no. McCleary is a character that's sort of based off of what's the show? Um, it's this British show about uh, cars. I forgot the name of it. You know, the one that everyone knows about. And... Top Gear. Yeah. You're thinking okay. of the Jeremy yeah, yeah, Jeremy yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarkson cell yes, yes. character they have. Yeah. So it's based on like Top Gear, but instead it's the um, Whitley's guide. And he sits there and he's like, I'm Jax McCleary and we're going to do blah, blah, you know, and like. He just talks about the different manufacturers and it's just really entertaining and it sort of pulls you in, especially now that we have the in-game expo to go with it. So it's like he's on the expo floor and we get to be on the same expo floor that he's on. So that will come up in November. I doubt they wouldn't do it again because they've done in-game expos for three years and Jax McCleary for two years. But the first time they did both was last year. So prior prior to the in-game expo, they did the little video with Jack McCleary. Jax McCleary, sorry. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so I'm excited to see the results. It should be interesting, although I'm not going to be surprised too much. Um, but now let's talk about Inside Star Citizen. So a couple things happened during this episode. I thought it was better compared to last week for sure. Um, we got to see the new inventory system. So, you know, that includes having individual pieces of your suit to store things, uh, as well as it looks like, you know, separate cargo boxes for certain vehicles. I think so far it's only for the rock, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. Um, so, so that was interesting. Yeah. So let's, oh, let's uh, talk through that a little bit. So the way I yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. So I, I have the rock, right? I fill it up with minerals. Then mm-hmm. I can box those minerals, right, and Correct. leave them on the ship, so I don't have to leave the mining site. Let's say I found a whole bunch of rocks, right? In uh, theory, that's what it should do. Okay, and then you can move them. Literally, you can open up your uh, your personal inventory, rock inventory, and a box, and literally that's that's how I envision it, and be able to move all these items around including yeah. your consumables like water, you know, food and minerals, right? 
Correct. What I don't know and what they haven't been clear about and what hasn't come through in the leaks yet is the way you created a box prior is your personal inventory. So something in your personal inventory, you could create a box from there. I mean, I would imagine that will extend to when you have access to the rock. Um, you're in that cargo section and then you might be able to do the same thing to create a box. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we don't know. Yeah, so I, I tried, you know, uh, when I did FPS mining, I did create a box, and I actually uh, didn't leave it on the ship. I took it with me, and I, I walked it over to the terminal and sold it. So it, I guess it should work both ways, leaving it on the ship or, or taking it to the terminal. Yeah, I mean, here's hoping. Um, the other thing, I think what's more exciting about that whole feature is it's clearly the underpinning. For us being able to, you know, once we have a downed enemy, actually loot their weapons, their ammunition, their med yeah. pens, etc. Yeah. And looting so, is going to be fun. For sure. That's, yeah, I mean, that's even cool. for people like us who don't aren't prone to violence, but, you know, if we have to. I mean, it's there. Exactly. If we don't take it, someone else will. Exactly. I mean, we might as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And then after that, so with after the inventory scenario, we got treated to another sprint report. I think it was location specifically. Yeah. Uh, and we got to look at the refinery deck in more detail for 3.12. You know, it was pretty much updated smelting pots. Um, and then, you know, they didn't have any of the set dressing yet, really. Uh, we saw some of the improved meshes and texture mapping with locations. That's going to be in 3.11. Um, what I thought was awesome was they showed a moon in Pyra. Um, and first of all, it sort of initially looked like a red Damar, but then they improved it to sort of show like the flaky rock texture. Um, plus the sunset looked really awesome. Uh, and then last but not least, those homestead um, images that we saw a few weeks ago, they actually did 3D renderings of those. So, you know, I was really a huge fan of like the cube version or the circular ones. They showed different sort of structures like, um, you know, where you can actually grow plants, where you might have a warehouse or a community building or individual homestead structures. Um, any thoughts there, uh, VMZO? What, what did you take away from that? Was it, did you enjoy that episode? I didn't actually get to watch it. I only got to see some oh, screen caps from goodness, later. Spoiler I, I alert. Know. Um, no, but I did see the, the screenshots after the fact. So I'm excited. This is something uh, to be able to, especially rolling out a homestead, plunking yeah. it down, making a piece of the universe your own. Um, yeah. Has been, I think, one of the more and eagerly anticipated features coming. So... I hear a lot of people yeah. say it reminds them of Star Wars Galaxies, which I loved back in the day. Because yeah. uh, you could create these little cities that were off the beaten path, and it was like a community. You had your whole guild there. I think that would be really fun to have an org have their own little outpost or settlement on a different planet. Yeah, and it brings in this whole you know survival component, like uh, mm -hmm. for those players that really love like you know DayZ and those survival games, and you know yeah. when looting and and survival comes in, I mean this is cool stuff. 
yeah, and especially because it implied, at least from some of the visuals, like if you needed power, you had to have, you know, actual um, actual ways to supply the power. So like solar system, or like solar um, collection systems, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I, I can imagine like you have to actually store resources, which also could create content for not just your own org but also other players, because if you think about it, if if your settlement needs to be supplied things, whether it's fuel, um, could be water, could be any kind of resource, then that becomes a place that people might actually be delivering things to. Just open up a whole trade network. Exactly. So hopefully that becomes a thing. But, you know, we don't even know if those homesteads are going to be beyond NPC, because the, when they first talked about it, it was NPC. Um, but they didn't mention anything beyond that. But we know we're supposed to be able to have homesteads. So I would imagine it extends that way. But maybe they're just trying to set our expectations because, you know, Star Citizen fans can be a little intense. Mm-hmm. Well, at least we'll get that uh, Reed uh, Vacation Cabin for the Employee of the Year award. There you go. It will be on Pyro, and you won't be able to go outside unless you have an environmental <laughs> suit. But hey, a vac- free vacation is a free vacation. You do have to watch out for solar flares. Um, so this week's ISC is going to be interesting because one, they're going to talk about car de- cargo decks again. So maybe they'll give us a little bit more detail about what's going to happen with those. Uh, but also they're going to give us a full rundown of three eleven features. So, um, I also think that means this is probably the last episode before they go into the three week hiatus for ISC. Um, but I guess we'll see. That's my now, guess. Now, have we had any leaks or talk about what's coming in 311? Because I seem to remember hearing some rumors, and they were there's some pretty anticipated stuff coming down the line, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, there's some minor stuff that confirms the roadmap, um, but then they did go into some more details. So, for instance, um, you know, talking a little bit about Evocati, one of the things that just recently was announced as a change is a change to the way that they do armistice zones. So particularly around rest stops. So normally you get into an armistice zone, you can't shoot anybody, nothing can happen. But now armistice zones around rest stops will be green zones. So you get into a green zone, you can't actually shoot somebody. They, you, you, you aren't going to be penalized for that, except for the fact that you may be attacked by the actual rest stop. And depending on how, quote unquote, warm the zone is, so how much activity is going on, um, AI may spawn more and more and more defense. Uh, So it might be even bigger ships. The other thing about that whole thing is stations will have their own comrades. And at least in the short term, they're not going to be able to be turned off. So no matter what you do within the green zone, it's going to be criminal. So basically everything becomes Grimax, only with addition of... uh you know, AI. Exactly. And I think this is really the start of what we're going to see for the future is, yeah, you could do whatever you want, but there are repercussions. Now, this early implementation, AI is probably not going to be that formidable. The stations will probably not be that dangerous to be around as a pirate. Um, and then so, together with the new looting system, that's going to make it a very tempting target for every wannabe pirate out there. Yeah. yeah. So the I mean, luckily I don't think that looting part is available yet, 
But still, I mean, people have been role-playing piracy for quite a while. I mean, check right. out if you posted something today oh, yeah. on Discord. Of, right, pirates. Well, actually, Nat's, uh, Nat's mage from uh, Org, he, he posted that video. And it's uh, yeah. now that's just not just, you know, sitting around PO and griefing. I did, this was a very, I mean, not that we promote or condone, you know, uh, pirate play, but this was a well-thought-out mission and highly orchestrated highly orchestrated and and you know what i i applaud them because at the end of the day this is the way the game should be set up if you want to have a pirate uh, play that's that's your prerogative but there should be repercussions though in other words yes you could do that but the repercussions are fairly severe so but but then again it all depends on your success rate right you know just like it is in the real world yeah. yeah. So uh, we just have to beef up our defenses and our escorts to combat that. But I think it creates a much more interesting and more strategic gameplay. A hundred percent. And 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 the thing that I was trying to highlight, I think earlier before, is when, when we were talking about this in Discord, not on the podcast, <laughs> um, is if pirates think it will be worthwhile to attack. They will do so. But in the instance that we saw, it was highly organized. But because there's no risk and there's no reward yet for a pirate, really, I mean, prison's not that much of a risk. Mm -hmm. They had three vanguards, the sentinels. So they had three vanguard sentinels. They had a handful of ground vehicles with two people each, a gunner and a driver. Um, And then they had a Valkyrie. And so what they kept doing is it was a Carrick with a couple of rocks. They were trying to ransom the Carrick, a.k.a. give us X amount of uh, AEUC and we won't kill you. We won't destroy your ship with rocks that are full of minerals. In a game where there's risk and reward and there's cost to running your ship, I don't think they're running three Sentinel Harbingers hitting, you know, you know, EMP after EMP after EMP to keep a character down for two rocks worth of minerals. Now, if it were more valuable, then they might do that to actually get the resources in the character's cargo hold when they're able to actually obtain that. And that might be worthwhile. But right now that that seemed like overkill. But for their org, it was amazing practice for when, you know, something's going to come about. Uh, So in my mind, I think that could have been defended. Maybe, maybe not. Really depends. Because quite frankly, I run a rock from a Carrick. I don't have anyone defending me. I would be stuck. Right. But that's because I have no real risk except for the time I spent mining with a rock. You know, once I have a risk then I might hire people to, you know, use my guns or whatever the case may be or security. But until I have that risk, I won't do that. And I think it's the same with piracy. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this though. Doesn't this work both ways? So like for instance, a player as a bounty hunter, couldn't they just camp out the prison and catch anyone trying to escape or anyone trying to come rescue them? Sure. But I think the risk is, I don't think the bounty is going to be as worthwhile because 
I think in the game right right now it might be worthwhile because the actual bounty will still be there. But I think in game it'll quote unquote take a while for the authorities to know that the bounty escaped and what price is on their head. And it might be better to let them escape longer and be out of out of prison for a while while their actual you know price on their head is worth it. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's just going to be low-hanging fruit. Yeah, but it's an interesting concept for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like what they'll do is they'll they'll keep reinforcing these sort of like opposing loops that will slowly, slowly start to see, you know, really kind of push back and modulate one another. It's sort of like that whole quantum, quanta thing that we saw with Tony Z, where it's like, it's all trying to balance itself out. Oh, people are making too much money. Pirates. Too many pirates. Up oh, security. All right. Pirates move. All right. Security moves. Pirates come back. You know, it's sort of like a balance. And that'll be all on its own. That's even without player behavior involved. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see that. Yeah. Speaking of fruition. future gameplay, uh, you know, that uh, talking points that I posted the. Uh, uh, that came out of sort of yeah, tell a us result, a little bit more as a result well it was all about the um this was the that new functionality video. yeah the, the so the original i get the whole theme of the video was that you know chris roberts were was answering a question that was posted on reddit uh, mm -hmm. and the you know he got tired of listening to people who's going to take 10 to 20 years to build the game so nubafire mm -hmm. kind of summed it up what we have in the game and what we still don't. And of course, you know, the obvious stuff, the, 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 the server mashing, uh, was number one, probably, uh, you know, uh, salvage game, uh, hospital game, uh, exploration, uh, cargo, uh, you know, so what else, uh, uh, you, you probably remember some of this stuff. I'm just talking, top of my head yeah i mean it, it, it's pretty much all the tier the tier zero or not zero implemented features now right so i mean it's it's pretty much any gameplay loop um anything from you know med gameplay bounty hunter gameplay exploration etc um and and i think the thing about nubifier is he sort of said you know i don't think it's going to take 10 years but he thinks it's going to take eight I think it's going to take five, personally. Yeah. Well, listen, the, that, and, and that's perfectly fine. You see, I guess the, the, the whole kind of a point here is that are you satisfied, you know, enjoying and playing the game it is? I am certainly am. So yeah. I don't really care if it takes five. It's just the way I see it is just the, the game just keeps on improving and growing and uh, you know, if you look at other games, I mean, back in the day, there were releases. I mean, Microsoft was notorious to say we have a release, but really it was an alpha too. But then, then they, you know, fixed yeah. it as they went along by patching it. So how is this any different? He could have said, you know, look, what I have now is, you know, is, is a, a viable product. Let's release it and then call them patches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at any gaming company, most gaming companies wouldn't have even bothered announcing the release till about now-ish, right? Like, we wouldn't even know about Star Citizen 
until maybe even now if we were lucky. I but think because so. – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think space simulations are kind of a special beast. This is not yeah. the first time. No Man's Sky is a classic example of that. Mm-hmm. It released, what, four years ago, and there was so little to it. Fans hated it. Yeah. Disappointment. They, um, Hello Games, to their credit, has stuck with it for the last four or five years and has made huge strides, not just meeting their initial goals of where they wanted the game to be, but surpassing it. Star yep. Citizen, I think, is even more ambitious than No Man's Sky in a lot of ways. It has come a long ways, but it is has far to go. Yeah. But the fact that fans keep playing it and keep giving them loads of money to keep developing the game says a lot about what they believe the future of that game, the game is going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's a record year this year for funding. Record. And it's been, I would venture to say, one of the lower content years we've seen, you know, in terms of major content. You know, we've we've seen one planet and landing zone and sort of what comes with that, the moons. We we thought we were going to get at least one more. Mm-hmm. And then we even thought maybe we'd get Pyro. Yep. So it's been an interesting year. We are bearing yeah. the continual reassurance that a lot of the work going into uh, Squadron 42 is going to pay dividends back into the universe of Star Citizen. So. I personally I mean, am a little bit okay with that. Yeah. Oh, me too. I mean, I'm a patient optimist. I think I think we just have a couple of patches where there might be a little bit of lull. And and this is something we talk about all the time, uh, Chekhov and I in the podcast, but also just in general. It's like, I feel as though the only reason I'm really so invested is because I'm in a really good work. I think if I weren't in a good org and I were like the solo player, forget it. I just would not be doing this right now, but I would be invested in looking at the content. I'd be watching the content constantly. I'd still be engaged, but I would probably play once a quarter for maybe a few days, maybe a couple weeks and then drop off. But instead I play many times a week. You know, if I have time on the weekends, I'll play on the weekends. Um, And I think that has to do with sort of the community but imagine once they have more features in there, even just a few more gameplay loops that are different than mining and maybe more fleshed out, um, you know, uh, actual cargo. Yeah, and also one thing I really think it's holding this back again from a true MMO is the server, server mashing, right? Yeah. Because what are we really seeing? 50 players in this whole vast universe. And that's yeah. why, you know, a lot of times when we're walking around, we're walking around literally alone, you know, uh, because it's it's so vast and so few players. For this truly to be an MMO, you need server mashing. Then all of a sudden yeah. you, you will have a lot more challenging gameplay, you know, even with pirates and everything else, exploration, because, yeah, you know, that's really the key. But I mean, if that, you, you know, I don't know when that's coming. I mean, if you look at the landmass to ratio of players, you know, I, I think back because, you know, the last MM, I'm not a, I wasn't a big MMO person because I don't like RPG elements. Um, I like real time. So I think that's why Star Citizen appeals to me so much. Um, but I did play Star Wars Galaxies, as I already mentioned once before tonight. And if you look at the landmass that you can play on in that game, and you compare it to this, it's far less 
and you look at the server count for Star Wars Galaxies, I think it was somewhere between, if I'm not mistaken, it was either a thousand or two thousand players a server. So you'd bump into people all the time beyond just NPCs and sort of mission givers. And, you know, I think that's what drives people. I mean, you don't choose an MMO because you want to be a solo player, even though we do have some people in the Star Citizen universe who do just want to be solo players. But I feel as though they want to be solo players interacting in a universe that there's people in, right? And like risking their you know, long haul for the chance that they're going to encounter pirates. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no matter what, I think even the solo player sort of recognizes this is an MMO. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, So then, you know, last week we also had a star citizen live. I'm not going to talk much about it because quite frankly, it's not one of the kind of areas that really excites me. As much because, um, you know, it was it was a little bit talking about how builds are are created, you know, what changes go into it, how, how are they published, all the different build components and how the different teams can sort of assemble everything to create a build and how that creates bugs. Um, it felt sort of like to me, and this is just me reading into it, it felt like one of those things where it's like, let me explain to our audience why this is so hard so they can be a little less mean with us. Um, it was informative, but at the same time, it was a little more, you know, dry content. Um, did anyone, did anyone catch Star Citizen live besides me? Uh, no, I did not. I looked at it, uh, winced a little bit, uh, to be honest, like you were saying, yeah. I, I saw the topics and thought that that's going to be a little, little, you know, hmm, little yeah. boring. For the right person, you know, it's probably super interesting. For the right person who's probably already neck deep in that kind of stuff for their own organization yeah. or company anyway. So Yeah, exactly. That's um, work though, not play. We want to hear about the yeah. cool stuff. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but this week it should be good because Calling All Devs is going to be back and it's going to be about ship features. So Hopefully they'll talk about some exciting things. You, I'm sure John Crew will be on since he's almost always on anything calling all devs with ships. Um, but hopefully we'll be treated to some interest, interesting stuff. I bet they'll talk a lot about the 100i and the Star Runner, but maybe they'll talk about some more stuff. Star Runner. Yeah, we're yeah. All now, taking bets now on if that's going to be next year's uh, Ship Showdown winner. You know, it probably could. You know, I think I actually do feel like the community is also sort of being like, you know what? This one last year. This did well last year. You know, because if you look at the if you look at the mix, the only thing that was in last year's top four. Is the Cuddy. So, you know, and some of those some of the ships that were in the top four last year lost easily to other ships. I mean, maybe it's just the composition of who they were going against this year versus last year. But I do think people are sort of like, I want to see different skins. I want to see my other favorite ship do well. You know, like last year I voted for my first favorite ship and it won. Who knows? I guess we'll see. I, I like a lot of ships, although I always love the Garrick and will almost always vote for it when it's against anything else. <laughs> 
Hey, Kirk, is uh, the hype ship for in-game right now? And there's a good reason love. for it. It is. It is love. Um, and with very bright light. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can see it from like 10 kilometers or 10,000 meters out. Pretty much on like a surface or more. Uh, I mean, the reclaimer is not so bad. And the mole has quite a few lights that that are pretty Pretty bright. Um, so I think it's anything bigger. Uh, so then uh, you, you sort of highlighted this a little bit earlier, uh, Chuck off, but Chris Roberts, he came back again. So after having that whole back and forth, you know, talking a little bit more about sort of the room mechanics and then talking to that gentleman about, hey, we're working really hard and, you know, this disappoints us when people are critical but don't have solutions or ideas um this week he sort of posed you know what i'm gonna answer a question a week and it's gonna be the top voted question on spectrum he does have some rules about it um you know i think you have to sort of be positive it's got to be a real question there's some other rules i won't get into it you can read for yourself uh he did choose one question this week it was by rain walker who if you pay attention to reddit Rain Walker is extremely active on Reddit, um, posting about a variety of topics. And he asked, how is the dy dynamic economy shaping up? And is server meshing an essential requirement before quantas show up? Um, and Chris went into kind of a long technical diatribe, um, essentially talking about how difficult it is because you have the dedicated game shirt servers um, that, that quantum might use. And then you're sort of connecting that to the client and sort of interchanging data. Um, and you know, quite frankly, what they're trying to do is mesh them together. And I think if I can just speculate as to, you know, pulling it to one sort of idea, what they're trying to do, it does not matter if, um, server meshing is in or not even though we know it's supposedly somewhat close and I think it probably will premiere early next year, server meshing isn't required because you can still use sort of this dynamic universe aspect um, across servers because all it has to do is hook into all the different servers. Now, granted, that might be like our current cache system, uh, Pcache, I believe it's called, which is moving really slowly. I think Pcache is why you're seeing, oh, I selected a helmet and it's taking me a minute and a half to get that helmet on my head. What's going on? Um, but I think they'll probably speed that up until then. Did uh, did either of you catch Chris's response at all? Yeah, yeah, essentially kind of right. The same, I got the same thing out of it. Basically, it's a backend server that is running and is going to support the dynamic economy. So his overall message was just that. Yeah, this, this, because basically the question was, oh, well, dynamic economy is going to have to wait for server meshing. But no, it doesn't. They, they kind of, the development is in parallel. So we may see dynamic economy much sooner because obviously server, server meshing is a more challenging sort of a um, feat to accomplish. Yeah, and 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 I think that just shows that they've been working on this in parallel for quite some time too. I mean, server meshing isn't a new thing for them to be working on. I think it just touches everything. Uh, what about you, VMZO? I got the cliff notes. Um, 
on that. Not to, no, yeah, basically same thoughts at Chekhov that it was going to have to happen in parallel. Yeah. That's all. It was one of those things, to be honest, I looked at and kind of lumped it in with that dry uh, uh, programming rollout and went back to drawing spaceships. Yeah, I mean, he, <clears throat> he got a little technical, and I think a lot of people were upset that that was the one that was chosen because they were worried, rightfully so, that whatever Chris said wasn't actually going to change our understanding of what's going on there. Which it didn't. I mean, we sort of know the mechanics of it. And now we sort of know what has to happen. The one thing I'll say is Chris loosely said, you know, they're trying to get that in next year. And it sounded more like mid to end next year. But still, it's good to know. And like he said, that's sort of Tony Z's ideal. I mean, he hasn't committed to anything in a while. So that's pretty good. I was actually happy to hear that from it. Like, I mean, to me, economy is huge. Dynamic economy. Mm. You know, I always said that that you know we, we should be able to choose an activity, regardless of the activity that we choose. It has to be equalized some shape or form based on time. You know, uh, risk and reward. Uh, we should earn X per hour. Doesn't matter what we're doing. And I think dynamic economy will allow you to do that as long as you understand it, you know, and can manage it, right? Yeah. And I would qualify what you say, X per hour. I would say at a level of reputation for any right, given right. thing, we should earn X per hour, right? If right, you yeah. low reputation in any field, you should earn X per hour for that level of reputation. Yeah, then we're getting into the whole concept of skill, right? You know, what yep, other and specialization. Other right, right. So if you're a yeah. skilled engineer and you acquired that skill, right, right, you should be be able to earn more. Definitely. E- equipment, equipment also, right? You know, yeah. obviously you have need the right tool for the job. You know, you're going to be exploring, you know, you take the right chip. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's the intersection, right? And being prepared, having the right equipment, and then also having the reputation to get that level mission, which will get you more money. So this week, we're actually going to formalize a, a segment that we've sort of hinted at and sort of discussed a little bit over the past few weeks. Um, do you know what time it is, Chekhov? Oh, uh, maybe. Oh, is it time to talk about the bugs? No, no, close. <laughs> okay. It's time for science. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, science. in this segment, yes, in this segment, we're going to talk about what we did last week in the name of science. Um, so, you Wait know, a second. one of si- us. We did science last week? Some of us did. You know, it's yeah. like anytime we're experimenting. Yep. I mean, I did something that I want to talk about. If anyone else did something they want to talk about, we can do that. Um, and I sort of talked a little bit about this last week, but, um, I actually was able to conduct the experiment finally. So last week, uh, I, I think I mentioned this already. I was playing around with a rock on Microtech, and the first time I did it, it didn't really work out because my rock got bugged and I couldn't really figure out if I was doing it correctly. But at the end of the day, what I was trying to do is I had watched a video and I can't remember the content creator, uh, unfortunately, uh, but he suggested if you fly over to OM1 on Microtech and fly straight down to the surface, 
uh, there you will find Hadonite galore. So, you know, it's supposed to be a pretty good place to find Hadonite. Less of a security risk of Ariel because you seem to be getting a lot of pirates on Ariel. Um, and so that's what I did. I flew down. Pretty quickly, I was able to scan, find some rocks. Um, but what I would say is one or two times I found some large clusters. So the first time I did it, some of the clusters were buried underneath the surface. This time I think I found a huge like nine rock cluster, which was I think a good 40% of my rocks cargo hold, uh, as well as plenty of two or three clusters that are were higher percentages. So like 90 plus percent of Hadonite. Um, so at the end of the day, I was able to actually get enough rocks, enough Hadonite rocks to fill up my rock in under an hour. Um, I would say the one limitation to this way of playing, it's pretty easy to get back and go to Port Tressler and sell my goods. It does take quite a long time, particularly I was using a Carrick. It takes a while to get from OM1 down to the surface. So fast ship usually helps, or maybe having a little bit of like a supply chain where you've got multiple people chaining back and forth, wherever the case may be. But I was able to mine had night pretty quickly. Um, and it was pretty profitable. So, you know, over 200,000 uh, AEUC. Uh, so I think it was a, uh, it was a success. <laughs> uh, anyone else do anything sort yeah. of purely for experimentation purposes last week? Um, I did, and, and again, this is kind of an exploit and a bug that should be fixed. Well, some people view it as an exploit, but yet at the same time, it probably generates the same amount of income as the rock per hour now. So, and and again, this will probably be patched, but but I think some components of it of it are worth kind of uh, talking about because just what I uh, discovered is some of the features of this exploit will probably not go away. You'll be able to use them. So here's how the whole exploit works. So apparently um, you could take uh, a bunch of ships out, like specifically a large cargo ships, like let's say if you own the, you know, uh, Caterpillar, Carrick, or a bunch of Caterpillars, or whatever carries the most cargo. Mm -hmm. You have to do it at Port Alisar. You take them out, and you literally uh, park them right outside the station, but you have to wedge them and make sure they're touching the station, right? Now, this mm -hmm. has to be done with a partner, and this is the key where most people fail to reproduce it, is that your partner has to stay and be active at PO within 7,000 meters of those ships. And, and here's this is the part where everybody misses. The comm has to be open. Well... But the, the the trick is that you you know the comm cannot be always open because when you request a landing you actually have to close a one to one comm. So you kind of close it and you reopen and you close it again. But so anyway, you park two or three or four ships out there, and then your partner stays at PO. So you're accomplishing two things: you are protected from 30k. So mm -hmm. if 30k happened, it actually did happen when I did it. You all you have to do is come back to PO, and uh, the ship will be spawned right back uh, with your cargo on the landing pad, uh, which was kind of cool. And uh, but to to buy cargo, you just fly anywhere, and you remotely fill up those ships with cargo, 
and by keeping the comms open, uh, you can actually buy and then sell, and you could do it multiple times, as many as you want, without ever moving the ship. Mm -hmm. So huh. that's the bug. But uh, but it, but I didn't know about the. Uh, I think the whole comm concept and being a part of the same party. I don't think that will go away. So that may sort of enable certain functionality that I wasn't aware of before. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, VMZO, do you anything sort of exploration-y? Oh, man. You know what? In-game, I don't, but if you let me wander out-game a little bit, we had some uh, little little engineering um, challenges going on in the Discord channel. I don't know if you saw Nets Mage request for a uh, jet black paint job yes, on I the uh, Prospector. That got mocked up into, I think, what we called the Prospector Imp, the uh, carbon yeah. black prospector that's sitting in our Discord header uh, image page now. It'll be nice someday when we can actually mod this stuff into the game. Uh, maybe we can uh, get this image on uh, CAG's uh, Spectrum, and uh, maybe we'll CAG will give us a, a skin for the Prospector one of these days. Because I don't yeah, think that I don't think that ship actually has any skins whatsoever. Not yet, but it was one of the first that we knew was clearly prepared for it because we were seeing those variants during what was it three point nine or was it three point eight? So three point eight, I want to say, because uh, yeah. within the modding community, which I'm tapped into. We started seeing changes in the way they were laying out the textures and shaders that were allowing a little bit more flexible, um, yeah, well flexibility there. So you can start creating new shaders, which we're taking advantage of. So definitely a lot of potential there. They just need the artist and the manpower to make it happen. And you know what? A jet black prospector looks pretty sneaking awesome, if I may say so. It did look pretty cool, in, in my opinion. Um, only because it seems like it'd be a little more stealthy, a little harder to see. If you were like under under duress, you could turn off your systems and a pirate might not even see you. Blends right into the pyro landscape. Exactly, which, you know, I'm going to say, again, I think is going to probably be really resource rich and like, you know, a dangerous place to collect things, but it's going to be a really good reward versus the risk. That's my opinion. That's my guess. Well, maybe we can get the Prospector Imp on the official map then. We'll see if we can make exactly. it happen. Fingers crossed. I'll call it I mean, Chris tomorrow way. and let you know how it goes. There you go. He's not either taking way. my call still and tells, tells me to stop doing it, but you know. Believe it or not, I actually reached out to Chris Roberts on LinkedIn quite some time ago. Did mm -hmm. not get a response. I'll forgive him for it because he's so busy. Um, so, Chekhov, you sort of mentioned a bug slash exploit. Um, I have in my notes it's time to go over your bug of the week. Was that your bug of the week? Well, that kind of was my bug of the week. Believe it or not, that took a, <laughs> quite a few days to <laughs> perfect that bug. Of the, or I, I would say verify that bug. Oh, it sounds like your account needs to be reset, Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that brings us actually to our Q&A section. Um, and this week we got a few questions. They all came from Discord. Um, we're going to recognize all the names because they all are read members. Thank you so much, fellow read members, for being very supportive of the podcast and contributing as much as you can. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, our first question comes from Brillo Cubis, and he asks, what one ship would you want to have LTI on? And for him, 
It's his prospector. Um, so what about you, VMZO? What ship oh. would you like to have LTI on? Anything I'm going to suspension about a money, it definitely I'm going to want to have the LTI on. In my current hangar, I can't think of any ships that I have that cost that much. I do have, let's see, I do have a prospector. It has LTI. It's actually a loaner prospector though for an SRV. But oh, nice. uh, anything I think I'm going to over a starter ship for me is granted LTI, unless I'm buying awesome. it buying it in game. So yeah, it's it's getting LTI. The ten or twenty years, essentially the same thing. Yeah, I mean, this two to six month, forget it. Not worth it. By the time you're playing for your insurance to run out, you should be in game pretty wealthy in theory. Exactly. Especially as someone who's part of an org. So you're mitigating a lot of your risk by being part of a group. Um, What about you, Chekhov? Well, first of all, we should, for those of us that haven't played the game long enough or don't even know the concept of LTI. So can we talk a little bit about what what is LTI and what are the risks of not having LTI? Yes. So uh, LTI stands for lifetime insurance. It's usually awarded for someone who's buying the first concept of a ship, but there are some packages that include LTI. Um, So far, what we can tell, we're sort of unsure how it's going to actually play out. No matter what, they have said any game that you've paid real money for, you will never lose completely. So first off, no matter what, if you paid real money for it, it's not ever going to be destroyed to the point where you can't have it again. Um, That being said, we already see the insurance timer, which is like tier zero of insurance. Um, LTI insures for lifetime the actual um, ship itself, not the components, not any customizations, the actual hull of the ship. So the, the insurance cost of the hull of the ship will be covered. Anything else will still involve additional insurance, but um, that will be on top of that. Uh, That being said, insurance shouldn't be so cost preventative that you're finding if you bought a game in ship, you probably shouldn't have to lose it uh, unless you're making making extremely risky decisions. So, um, right. So with the... So if you don't have LTI, let's say in the future, your ship is destroyed and you did not have insurance on it, you cannot spawn that ship, right? No. In theory. Okay. Or or you could once you were able to pay the claim. Uh, well, not the claim, but by the policy at that point, right? Yeah, remember, whatever, you don't... whatever it might be, right? So, But they did say like it wouldn't be finite if you lost the ship, as far as I know at least. Even if you lost the ship because you didn't pay your insurance, it lapsed or whatever, you might be able to still get the ship back, but you might need to complete some missions. That's why they're creating hyper-localized missions. So even if you're stuck on a space station, mm-hmm. fixing the vending machines and going out and fixing antenna or you know, being like a courier within the station is gonna are going to be missions to sort of help you earn money when you can't earn enough money to actually call a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, right, but to answer your question, yeah, I'm, would be prospect. It would be for me also. I mean, yeah, that is definitely the one. I mean, it's a big money maker ship. It's worth preserving. Um, not to sound like a jerk, all my ships have LTI currently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just by the way that I've bought them. So I don't need LTI. Um, but obviously if I, if for some reason I bought a ship outside of, um, outside of the package that I have that gives me all LTI, then I would, um, any whatever my most expensive ship would be and then certain ships that are like so expensive automatically just come with it so i i believe uh, and correct me if i'm wrong if if anyone knows i believe if you buy idris like it's never like a 10-year insurance i think it's lti no matter what if you're paying so, for it out of pocket since we're on the on the topic the 890 that it's available for ship showdown this week does not come with lti dollars, not lti I think it's anything over a thousand. Yeah. Can you hear it in our voices, folks? <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, it should. It should include it. But, I'm you just know, shaking my head. Again. I have no words. <laughs> That's why I get close to the mic and talk real quiet so you can hear everything in my mouth as I speak. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little awkward. But, you know, I think, once again, I think at the end of the day, insurance isn't going to be that huge of a cost. I think the bigger cost will be fuel and, you know, missiles. I think missiles are going to go up exponentially. You know, tor- torpedo boats are going to cost a lot of money to run. Um, I have no objection to that. Type nines are expensive. Yeah, make them less expensive. waste on me. Yeah, especially my prospector I mean, approaching Port Olisar, but we won't talk exactly. about that. Exactly. I mean, and right now, you know, all you have to do is just reclaim, you know, claim your ship, and it's either you wait the X amount of minutes, or you, you know, you pay the fee to expedite it. Um. So next we have. Uh, our good friend from Greece. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. So give mm-hmm. me a moment because for some reason I didn't spell it out in my actual notes, even though he spelled it out for me. Is uh, it M. Parmapa Georgi? Yes. I will yes. butcher it for you. Oh, so it's it's pronounced Baba Georgius. Ah. Or I could Baba sp- Georges. Papa Georges. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, he was like, just say a friend from a faraway land. No way. We're just going to butcher it for you instead. So Baba Georges. Um, he lives in Greece. He's shown us some pictures, which makes me super jealous. And he asked, um, within the Stanton system specifically, if you could build your base anywhere, where would you do it? Ooh. So why don't you start uh, VMZO? All right. Um, I've already got a spot picked out. One of the temperate zones of New Babbage. Um, you've got some beautiful, those little, I don't know what like it is in the green, game. Or, evergreen yeah, area. The meadows, I guess, I don't know why, if they've ever explained why certain areas didn't completely freeze over in the game. But you've got these beautiful, beautiful meadows and trees and flowers surrounded by tall, snowed-in mountains. Hundred right percent there. Bonus if there's a lake nearby. That's where I would choose myself. Yeah. I'm assuming we can't do Crusader because I don't think we'll have our own floating platform. Uh, Crusader would not be a bad option, actually. I don't know how that's gonna work. That's my assumption. 
What about you, Chekhov? Where would you put a base? Uh, I'm sorry, where, uh, to, I missed the question. Oh, where oh, base? in Stanton would you put a base if you could? Oh, a base? Uh, I would say Microtech sounds like a, a good place as any. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little I mean, chilly, but I like beautiful. Skiing. It's just so beautiful. And I mean, maybe a moon, but I like the idea of at least a Microtech. Yeah, you have to be in an environmental suit after a certain amount of time before you die, but at least you can breathe the air. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, just think you could build a sauna outside? Oh, yeah. I'd be set. Snowding. sauna. A little fireplace, grab me some books. A little cozy Park snow action shit. going on. Cuddle up with my Pico doll. You guys cuddle with your Pico dolls, right? Right? Mm, on occasion. When it persists in my ship. Oh, good. Okay. It doesn't always. Uh, So then we got another question from our fearless leader. He seems to ask questions a lot, which is great, uh, from Techno. And he says, hey, Geeky and and Chekhov, Uh, it seems like Chris Roberts has some feedback in Spectrum regarding um, Star Citizen. And he was curious how long until we actually get some of the features that will enhance Star Citizen gameplay. Uh, Things such as server meshing and OCS. Thanks and love the show. Keep it up. Um, What do you think, uh, VMZO? So I didn't see the post on Spectrum exactly, but if it's anything along the lines of what Chris talked about, what we talked about even earlier, those server meshing back-end architecture yeah it's dry it's not sexy that is critical and that takes time especially to do it right so yeah i as much as we kind of you know danced around how really boring it was it was important he got it out there because anyone who's ever worked with the back end of things know that it just it's not a quick so you just can't roll something like that out especially from mmo i've never worked on an mmo but I can only imagine the, the the moving around that much data among servers has got to be a it's got to be a challenge. Yeah. I mean, from what I understand, it's to the degree that they're trying to do it, it's never been done before. I mean, I would say this just based on at least what I've read in in recent months between what Chad McKinney's been saying. Um, he's been very, in, in case anyone doesn't know, Chad McKinney is doing a lot of the work around server meshing and some of the backend stuff. He's been very active in dev tracker and ask, ask devs in, um, spectrum. He's been talking a lot about server meshing. It sounds like they've been sort of, it's, it's been a huge set of experiments and it sounds like it's starting to go well. And the question comes, is it dynamic server meshing or static server meshing? Because I think what we'll first see is static server meshing. And in theory, what that's supposed to be, and I say in theory a lot, I apologize, everybody. Um, what that's supposed to be is, okay, they're going to figure out, all right, so now we have Stanton and Pyro. Stanton will be one server, Pyro will be another and there will be some code to connect the two. And those two are also going to connect to, you know, the quantum system so that our dynamic economy is working 
across both and it's a unified sort of experience. That's static. Dynamic is in theory, all right, Reed is brawling with another org because that org is attacking all their resources. And so we actually have hundreds of players right around um, Microtech. Microtech now has to spin up into its own full server, maybe even sections of Microtech. It, it all has to do with sort of object containers, right? So depending on how many people are within a container, it might have to spin up to be another server. That would be dynamic server meshing. And that's much further along the road, but static server meshing is the first thing that we need. I actually feel like that's what's actually holding up why we don't have Crusader um, this year coming and uh, might be what we need for Pyro. My guess, if, if Pyro somehow makes it into our hands this year, although I'm skeptical, um, despite what a lot of content creators are saying, if it makes it in our hands this year, I have a feeling we're going to choose it from the loading screen mm -hmm. versus get there right. any other way. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, and then next year, they'll include jump points to get to Pyro. Um, but I think that's how, if they're going to implement it, I think that's how it'll happen this year. So that's sort of server meshing. And I think we'll start to see elements of server meshing early next year. Um, OCS, we already have... Uh, client-side object container streaming, and I believe we have some server-side, but that's an ongoing thing. Um, so those who aren't familiar, object container streaming is the idea that rooms within ships, ships themselves, um, planets, landing zones, different spaces within those areas are all different object, object containers, and they contain their own thing. Same thing with the current Stanton solar system is one giant object container, with a bunch of object containers within it. A cave itself is an object container, and then different rooms and sections of the cave have their own object containers within it. So it's sort of like a parent-child relationship. Um, that's already sort of in-game. You'll see when there's a little bit of an error, and I think that has to do with the client um, uh, server net networking rework that we still need to have happen, um, where you might walk in and the actual container hasn't streamed in yet. So the idea is... A container doesn't have to stream until someone is near it. So you're saving resources because right now our universe is on its own server and we have 50 people to that server for our existing universe. So Stanton that we know so far is on one server. Um, long term, right. it'll be on multiple servers. Yeah, speaking of which, you know, we, and this is going back almost a year ago, we were supposed to go to at least 60 people per server. And I think they gave up on that idea, I guess, they're just kind of going for server mashing uh, yeah. because there's no point of working on that. That doesn't really solve much, right? Yeah, because the extra 10 people aren't going to add that much to the game that it's worth the resources computationally exactly. right now. Exactly. You know, 10 people, but our servers are lagging. You know, right now we have to admit, like, the frame rates aren't so bad. Yeah. You know, if you have a decent machine, the frame rates are fine. You know, there might be hitches and, and lags and desync. But considering I remember when 3.0 launched, it was like I stopped playing the game for probably almost six months, maybe a year. Because I couldn't actually play. My computer wouldn't run it. It was just too bad. Um, yeah, that's so true. last but not 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you missed those great glory days, Chekhov. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, maybe I, I wouldn't be around now, you know? You know what? It was it was fine. Like it w- it's been amazing to see this game evolve, and I think that's why I think also a lot of us are sort of engaged. It's like an org, seeing the game evolve and continue to layer things. And I also think it's getting closer and closer to something that resembles the vision. It's not the vision yet. We're a long ways off from the vision, but it's starting to feel like it. You know, there's more than just one location. There's more than just you know five different missions to do. Um, and there's a ton of emergent gameplay, as we saw with that pirate video. Mm-hmm. Um, so last but not least, another regular questioner, another Reed Org member, our Admiral, Admiral Cody. He asks us two different questions. First is, what is your favorite in-game activity? So VMZO, you sort of mentioned an in-game, in-game activity that wasn't an in-game activity. What's your favorite in-game activity? Yeah, make me think about this one hard. Um, package delivery to very random spots in the Stanton universe, Stanton system. And is that to catch in? Is that to catch all the different features, or is that in yeah, a sightseeing? Um, it's more of a sightseeing, so it's an excuse to find maybe an outpost that I wouldn't normally visit. I still play this game and go places and see stuff that. Apparently everyone else has seen and I just I've never seen before. Rex and little shantytown yeah. uh you know, habitations, parts of Grimhex even that I discovered the other day hidden I away. I know, so, you were patched late. <laughs> You're like, um, when did that happen? <laughs> there is still a huge amount of content in this game and even with the limited gameplay loops, the package deliver especially pick up a package to a random spot and you can find some really cool locations in the game. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you pizza think about delivery, it, man, but if you think about it, even with our current, you know, locations, if they just add to the quote unquote mission scripts, right. And, and it's all like, if you just create more flavors to missions and more variety and more random encounters within missions, they can quickly populate a ton of content that could keep you in one system for ages. You know, I think part of it has to do with the dynamic economy being introduced because that will create a systematized way of creating sporadic random content. And I think the other part is a lot of the people dedicated to the type of narrative that they would need for more missions are focused on squadron 42 right now. Yeah. That's my guess. You've got, they've got a good sandbox, even with what we have now. Yeah. It's a good sandbox. There's some gameplay loops. You can really role play the le- the rest. But there's mm-hmm. a huge amount of rich content to play off of. So anything that gets me out there seeing more of that. There, there's spots in the universe I still need to go find. Benny Hinge is a good example of that. I uh, have all the drug either. labs. Yeah. How about that down satellite that's somewhere on... Uh, is that mission still in the game? I don't I even don't know. know. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. It's funny because I find a lot of this stuff data mining through the data packages. Um, but and then I have to go find out. I was like, is this even still in the game? I asked around. No, it was an old version. They took it out. Um, there's a huge amount of content that's actually in the data files that's not in the game. Yeah. That we're just all waiting to be yeah. released. 
Yeah. So, well, listeners, if you happen to know the answer to that question, if that down satellite mission is live, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, check off. What about you? What's your favorite thing to do in the game? Well, it, it. I mean, I have to say it is mining, but also, if I were only going to be doing mining, knowing myself, I would be extremely bored. So it's really everything. I'm really like fighting, and but that's one aspect of the game they really have to practice a lot and get good at uh haven't tried racing that sounds like uh also especially what's going to be coming in grimax that sounds like a really fun part of the game so i would say like you know everything you know i you know just uh depending on the day it's really a little bit of everything yeah um the other thing uh I would say is so I'm sort of in the same boat, like pretty much anything uh, I do favor first mining, then some cargo hauling, and then I'll do some combat missions. The one thing I think I want more experience doing and would have a lot more fun if we, maybe we should organize an event around this is practicing really firefights with other sets of players. Um, and I think that's really for me just being like, I kind of want to skill up before we start to see more actual pirate activity come about. And, mm-hmm. you know, because whenever there is pirate activity, someone boards my ship, I'm always the one hostage in my med bed, keep <laughs> getting killed. And, you know, I don't want to be that person. I want to be able to at least defend myself. So that's what I would, I would like to do. Um, so then the second question Cody asked, and I think this one's really great, um, is do you recommend Star Citizen to friends? And if so, what's the pitch that you give to them to get them interested in the game? Uh, VMZO, what do you think? I don't make it as a general recommendation. However, however, if it's someone I know who likes that genre of the space simulation game, I will evangelize it. I am trying to second a couple of my elite dangerous friends right now because um, if if elite dangerous no man's sky is another great example of that star citizen the bones are there they're still fleshing out a lot of the features but uh, yeah. I think most space sims these games uh, these days are like that though they're just this ever expansive. Yeah. Uh, waiting game of more and more features. So I say for them, why not jump on the train, buy yourself a starter pack, play with it. Even if you don't like it in a couple months, just wait for the next patch to come out. There will be more content. Play again, put it down, come back to it again. Rotate your games for all that matter. But yeah, for for my friends who really are into uh, space games, Star Citizen is at least worth checking out. And I made a recommendation to quite a few of my friends during the free fly event. So I'm hoping some of them got to check it out, check it out. So check it off. What about you? Check off. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of the same. Yeah. I don't, it, right. If, uh, if I ran into someone that into, it's hard to recommend the space simulated to someone that just like not into space stuff. You know, like my son is the you know big like FPS guy with you know Counter Strike mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, but if I uh, space definitely, I'm the same as with Maxio. I would be like, oh, you know, if you're into space game, that's it. You know, 
you know, let me into your PC. I'm going to erase everything you've got because you got to try this. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the similar boat. I don't know anyone. I know people who like like the Call of Duties um, or like Overwatch. I know people who like the Diablos of the world, but I don't know anyone who would like this combination who has enough time to dedicate to gaming in general. Like all my friends who I think would love this game. And, and the way that I try to do it is I try to be like, hey, I'm playing this amazing game. Let me describe it to you. And then let them sort of think about it. And if they want to ask more questions, then I leave it to them. And, and the way that I try to get them, at least for me, is sort of the technology. And sometimes people are intrigued and other times people are just like, I don't care. Uh, and the way that I talk about it is like, look, when you get in a spaceship, you're in the spaceship. That spaceship exists. It has its own physics. You're in the spaceship. You're looking out the window. That's not faked. There's nothing about it that isn't real. You're looking at the window of the spaceship. The spaceship's moving. You're moving with the spaceship. You're all together. Um, and it at least intrigues people, but I don't. I haven't been able to get anyone interested in the game. And I'm sort of at a point where it's like, maybe when there's enough to do for the casual gamer that you know wants to jump in, do some missions, jump out, but not have repetition. Like maybe in a few more patches or so, you know, especially if theater theaters of war comes on, it's a good hit, and if they improve some other things like that, um, maybe then that's the time to like pitch a little harder. But most of my friends, even they're console gamers anyway, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, um, thank you everybody for submitting questions. Uh, if you want to submit questions for next week's show, you can do so by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail .com. Is that correct, Chekhov? That's correct. Um, you could also submit a message through Anchor. Or uh, you could follow us on the Readcast Discord. So all that information will be in the show notes. You could submit your questions there. Um, so with those questions completed, that just about wraps it, wraps it up. So don't forget, as always, if you're looking to explore the verse with a crew that's respectful, law-abiding, um, cool, like VMZO, check off myself, uh, check out Read. Uh, Read stands for research, engineering, uh, through exploration and discovery. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining in tonight, and we'll catch you in the verse. Thank you all. Thank you, Amexio. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me yes. today. Good night. Thank you, VMZO. Have a great night. Bye-bye.